So. Hello, and welcome to our hood with your host, Jesse, and guest, Josiah. Um, and then Hello. I met you. Yeah, introduce yourself a little bit. What are you about? Yeah. Just like five, five second intro. Five seconds. Um, I'm <laughs> 23 years old, uh, Josiah. I'm a aspiring musician, artist from Tucson, Arizona that loves to hike and spend time in nature and meet new people. I love it. Yeah. So we met yesterday watching the sunset and then it turned into like a five hour conversation. It was so cool. And that was crazy beautiful. And I felt like you interviewed me the whole time. So I want to like <laughs> dig into you. So tell me more about like the, uh, like what got you into music? Cause you told me you like bought a grand piano yesterday or yesterday you told me that you bought, I a, grand bought a grand piano long yesterday. ago. <laughs> um, tell me more about like yeah. how you got into music and like I think what you're doing. I think um, I got into music because, I don't know, ever since a young age, I would go for, you know, family road trips and I would listen to music in the car. My dad would always play uh, instru instrumental music and I just got lost in the music and I would like watch the nature pass by my window and I would look at the trees and I would just like hear the music almost as if it was like coming from the nature itself. And I just got so, I just fell in love with music. Um, from a small age, I started tinkering around on piano, um, just started expanding my knowledge about music and just practicing. Um, my parents had an old upright piano that they um, got from my great aunt who was going to throw it away in the dump. Mm. Um, and my mom salvaged it. And so I'm the youngest of three. And my mom wanted us to somehow get into music at probably around like age when I was about seven and my brother is like four years older than me and my sister's six years older than me. So did um, you like take piano lessons then? Did your we mom did, like get you We did for about, um, we mentioned that we went to church. So there yeah, was a, there was a, there, there was a girl at our church that was giving uh, lessons that was like by ear basically. Mm -hmm. um, no, no learning how to read notes or anything. So I did take a few lessons there, um, but that sort of just, got me started and from there I never stopped that's a cool and way to learn though like learning by ear because like I learned piano but with like a true music teacher like scales yeah. and shit and right hated it because I hated memorizing the songs well there's actually a form of teaching called the Suzuki method where they teach you by ear first and then they teach you how to sight read and play um, that sounds like a much more productive way well, of getting it's, kids it, involved. If you think about like how, how kids learn from a young age, they listen to their parents speak and they learn how to speak before they learn how to read or write. Yeah. So learning how to practice it and then associating that with the notes just seems so much more familiarized to the, the, the learner. That makes but, sense. Um, from there, just got into different instruments. I started playing saxophone, a little guitar. I had a violin at one point, a flute. I just always have been a lover of music and I found out that it was just my passion and I didn't see myself doing anything else. So no matter where life takes me, I'm always gonna be doing music. I'm always gonna find that outlet and how to express myself and hopefully inspire other people because I think there's a lot of power and healing within music and it brings people together. It's the universal language. Yeah. Like every part of the world speaks a different language, but we all understand the feeling of music and what it does to us. You know, we can find a rhythm or a beat and we can all dance to it or we can cry our hearts out. Like that's what I love about music is that 
it's so powerful amongst all humans. Have you seen those like Instagram videos um, where like they go around to different countries and then they play music and you have like the little kids in lots of different villages from wow. all over? No. Oh yeah, it's like the craziest, it's, it makes me so happy because it's exactly what you're talking about that like music is a universal yeah. language. This guy goes around and plays happy songs that are like American happy songs with no lyrics and he like will play it for lots of different villages, India, Africa, wow. like Nepal, and then goes up to like England and right. just all over. And everyone ends up dancing this like the yeah. same but different. Yeah. Like they're all like able to get to the exact same beat and they're all dancing like a joyous dance, but whatever their culture's joyous right. dance is, but it's like all to the same like it's just all in the same way. We so all understand like, it. Yeah. In our own interpretation of it, we understand it. So do you feel like music is the easiest way for you to communicate your emotions to people? Um, it's definitely a different expression of communication or communicating how I feel and um, expressing what I feel inside. Um, sometimes I feel like music, you know how they say a picture speaks a thousand words. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think music in and of itself speaks more than the words sometimes like that I can communicate to people. Um, but I think in general, I, I've, I've been a good, like, communicator. Like, so I, I can, like, have deep intellectual conversations with people and it ha can have nothing to do with music. But um, I do love how music brings us together. Yeah. So what do you want to do with music? Because you want to go to L.A. and be a producer. And so, like, if um, music brings you together, like, are you trying to create some type of, like, community down there? You said you're, like, in getting in with a lot of different people down there and trying to, like, build a... Yeah, that's what I love about um, having a, a large music scene is that it bring it brings that sense of community together. There's a lot of different artists in LA, um, and they're all so different and talented in their own way, and you can learn a lot from each different artist. I think um, my end goal with music is just to, I don't know, it's where I find my happiness, it's where I um, find comfort, solace, or expression, so no matter what I'm doing, if I get paid for it, if I become successful, um, it's going to be where I find just my, like, energy, my source um, in, of inspiration. That's, I don't know, I love it. Yes. Um, I think in the end, I kind of want to inspire people, make them feel something. Um, music was always there for me when I was, like, really depressed and had a lot of anxiety. I was going through a lot. Music, like, even though no one else was around for me, like, I would just you know, listen to my music, and I felt like that source of comfort, you know, whatever, like, the people were singing about, whatever I was feeling, like, the, either there was hope, or there was relatability, or there was brokenness, and I could always feel like that was there for me, even more than people were. Mm. That's interesting, because I feel like I had, like, a very similar experience with music, yeah. as far as, like, struggling with depression and anxiety. Yeah. Music was, like, the thing that I would always jump in my car, and, like, just drive, and like just listen to music. It's like and therapy. Like, <laughs> seriously, it's like the best therapy there is out there. My parents were yeah. always like, where are you going? What are you doing? Like, you have to be back by a certain time. I'm like, I'm, and I'd have to make up someplace that I was going because I literally just wanted to be in my car driving. Yeah, to I like totally understand let go that. Stuff. Do you have a favorite time that you like to drive? Uh, dusk, because like the sunset is amazing. Also, anytime it rains, like it started raining today, and I was like, dash, dang it, I hate that I'm working right now because I just want to go drive in the rain. Because there's something about like, I don't know, listening to music in the car and then having like the rain add 
to like whatever the music yeah. is, right? Like it, it's its own effect. It's so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm dramatic. It's oh, fine. I love it. What's your favorite time to like go drive around and listen Definitely to music? Definitely sunset. Sunset's my favorite. Golden hour is my favorite time of day. Um, it's how Why we is met. it for you? Why is it your favorite time of day for you? Um, it reminds me that no matter how bad my day is, there's always a beautiful ending to it. Like, I always make time to like go watch the sunset when I can. Um, it's my time to be present, to meditate, to just de-stress, think about life, um, and just watch how beautiful the sky is. Like, the, it's like, um, it's different every day, you know? Some days it's gonna be orange, or some days it's gonna be pink or more yellow, or some days it's like gray and purple and dark. Yeah, um, did you see the sunset tonight? Where like yeah, there was it was some like pink. pink clouds glowing. It was just like it. that was insane. With the peak and the mountain in the background, <gasps> yes, it was beautiful. I died. That was that was gorgeous tonight. Maybe better than last well, night's sunset. Welcome back to the land of the living. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So you're saying you struggle with like depression, anxiety. What was that like? I did for a long time. Um, I think you can I've, share as much or as little as you want. Like that's yeah. a well, I barely know you, and that's a very personal question. Yeah, I mean for me, I feel like there's um, no such thing as TMI. Like I'm the okay. type of person that. that like I don't get really faced by a lot of things because I've been through a lot and I've seen mm -hmm. a lot, and I just I'm like I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like we should be able to express how we're feeling and not have that sense of judgment or like restriction. I think we as a society. We tend to like build up so many subconscious walls like, oh, I'm not going to let you in so much because I don't want to be hurt or I don't want you to truly see me. I want to slowly break down all those walls and let people truly see me. And if if they like who I am, great. If they don't, they don't have to like me like they can move on. Like the people that are going to see me and love me, um, they're going to stay. And the people that don't truly value me, they're going to go. And that's I'm fine with that. So were you always like that, or did you have to develop that, like the to, I, ability to let it go, you know? I, I think it's definitely a process. Um, trial and error, like we, I, I think I've found that the more I shut people off, there's just so much freedom within breaking down those subconscious walls. Like there's so much freedom in allowing people in and being your most authentic self unapologetically. Mm -hmm. And I think freedom is such a an essential like part of humanity that we all love the sense of freedom we love the sense of like being able to make our own choices do whatever we want like go and move to a different city like we love that sense of freedom and that that gift of choice that we have um and i think we have that same gift of choice over our mind and how much we limit ourselves and how much that we don't limit ourselves and it's always down to a choice am i going to choose to close people off Am I going to choose to always build up walls and be afraid of being truly seen? Or am I going to be my unapologetic, uh, unapologetic self and allow people to see me and therefore have deeper connections with people, more honest conversations, more heartfelt, meaningful perspectives of life? I, I think that's beautiful. No, that is really beautiful. I feel like I've had a similar experience where I, like, trying to tear down the tear down the walls keep the mask off of your face like to get deeper connections but I would say most of the time other people can't meet me where I'm at do you yeah. like run into that a lot all the time <laughs> how do you how do you combat like that that balance between it's like I want to know people so deeply and so intimately and like so authentically because I am letting my most authentic self to the world constantly with then like 
rejection after rejection because they're not able to meet you on that level, yeah. you know, or like it scares them away because they're so, like, ugh. Circling back to our conversation we had the other day, yeah. we were talking about how very much the energy that we put out is what we get back. Mm-hmm. And I think if you want deeper, genuine connections, you have to be that source as well. Like you have to be that person to initiate and put out that energy in order to receive it. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to open up myself once that good source comes to me, once that good conversation comes to me, once that good connection where that person's really open, then I'm going to open myself. I feel like we have to be source of that first initially, and we are going to run across a lot of people that can't meet us where we're at. But I think that's, um, I don't know. I think that's just the part of life is that we meet people at different stages. They're all on their different journey. Um, we can always learn something from them or gain a perspective of appreciation like, hey, I was once in, the, in their position. I was like once, you know, where they were with, you know, the healing process or learning more about life and, you know, they're still figuring things out. And um, I think that can really give us a sense of perspective for ourselves as well. So um, I'm getting really so looking back to the people that are in parts of my life you know there's times that I was like either really judgmental or or I I find that I don't like those certain things in other people but it's also a reflection of you know something that I had previously gone through or you know something like that um yeah I think sort of to um humanize them in that moment like you were saying and realize that everyone's at a different stage they're like, this is what I had towards, like, this is a thought I had towards, um, like, a spiritual awakening as well. as like, um, I'm not responsible for, like, how people view the world. And I'm not responsible for awakening people to the reality that I've created in my own mind. Like, everyone is going to have their own different path of discovery. And I necessarily can't force or change their mind. I can only be myself and express my opinions and thoughts. And whoever's going to resonate with it's going to resonate with yeah it makes sense i think that's a better perspective to have of like letting people sit where they are and then like you meeting them wherever they're at but you being able to be like at that higher frequency how did you first decide you like wanted to start healing like most people don't do that unless like a major life event happens like you know like their world gets shocked yeah. and they like the earth crumbles beneath them or what it felt like. someone yeah. tells them that they have to go to therapy and they're like okay fine but like I would say most people think that they're just even though their head's underwater and they're drowning they're like I'm okay because this is just how life is yeah. so like what was the turning point for you I think it wasn't really that hard for me um I sort of had an inclination at a very young age that like okay, it's better for me to forgive. It's better for me to move on. It's better for me to show love because it only makes me feel better. It only brings resolve to the situation. It only brings more connection. And I don't know. Some people say I'm an old soul. And I think a lot of people that like have gone through a lot of things, people will tell that too. Um, I think I've had this idea about life is that like I got to get it right this time. Okay. So do you feel like you're an old soul or do you just feel like you have a lot of trauma? That's a really good question. (laughs) I feel like I I hear that a lot. Like people have told me I'm an old soul and I'm like, "Eh, maybe it's an old soul. Maybe it's trauma. Right. And it could be a mixture of both. 
It could be. Um, so what what do you feel like it is for you and why? I think despite the trauma, um, perspective is everything and like how our mind is created, how it's programmed um, to where like, you know, people can go through the same situations of trauma that I went through, but they choose to manifest it in a different way. Yeah, they so, handle it horribly. Yeah. So I think it's a mixture of trauma and I guess my personality, the way I was programmed, the way I was made, the way I was created, I don't know. Um, but at a, at a very young age, even now, I just think about, I got to get it right. Like, I feel like I, I, I have this um, conscious understanding that I have one life. And even if I don't have one life, if I get reincarnated somehow, I'm only living in this one life currently. I'm only conscious of this one currently. So I need to get this one that I'm currently living in correct. And I need to get it done right. I, I, I need to break those generational curses. I need to deal with my trauma. I don't want to be like my dad. Um, what do you mean we, by that? Um, we're good. <laughs> we got, I love how this conversation could go any direction. Um, you can you get a direction as much yeah. in any direction as you want. Okay, At so any my, point, you can be like, I don't want to answer that question. Just move on. And I'm like, eh. I... I don't want to be like my dad in a lot of ways because he didn't deal with his crap. He didn't deal with his trauma. Um, there was a lot of things that he went through as far as neglect and a broken household. Um, his parents were divorced when he was 12. Um, That's got to be so hard. And I think he also, yeah, yeah, I think he also dealt with a lot of undiagnosed ADHD. So he had a lot of backlash. Um, so he dealt with a lot of, or he still deals with a lot of hurt and projection of insecurities and pain and stuff like that so I realized I don't want to be like that I don't I don't want to not create a safe space for other people or create a space where like people don't want to be around me yeah I want to heal move on and become the best version of myself so what does like it look like to create a safe space like how do you do that you know it sounds like you are very intentional in everything that you do and, like, in the spaces that you hold. So, like, I'm assuming you're then intentional. With I like the how you know this about me, even though we've only met, like, twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like yesterday you were, like, grilling me with questions, and they were ridiculously intuitive. And I, maybe you and I just have the same gift. Who knows? <laughs> the universe just got, brought two traumatically gifted people together. Yeah. What do you think makes a great question? Oh, hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, let's see. Uh. I think it's just like, I like to ask questions that make people uncomfortable. Ooh. Or make them, but not so uncomfortable they don't want to answer. But like, I can remember this one time in elementary school, um, there was this kid named Robbie, and he was like sitting on the playground and he was crying. He was just having, like, a really rough time. And different kids had gone up to him and been like, hey, do you want to come play kickball? Do you want to come do this? Do you want to come do that? And he kept, just kept being like, no. Like, he didn't want to talk to anybody. And then I went up to him, and I was just like, who hurt you? Like, that was just the question. It was like, who hurt you? And then he, like, really started to break down and cry. And then we had, like, a good conversation as good as elementary school kids can have about emotional things. And um, I just realized that no one was asking him the right question. Yeah. And then when I struggled with depression in high school, there were many times where 
my mom or my dad or like my friends would be like, you okay? You doing all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And then the rare occasion where a wise soul would be like, tell me what's going on with your thoughts right now. Tell me why you're acting in this way or pulling out this behavior. And they were questions that it's not like, hey, are you okay? We're, we're all taught the answers. I'm fine. It was questions where like, you don't know the answer right off the bat, top of your head. And it is a very emotionally in tune question. And so I think I try to they see through, lead down that path. They see through yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I had shared this yesterday with you. I think um, maybe we do have that gift because I, I see through people a lot. Yeah, it's like the thing that I was saying, the light in me sees the light in you and the shadow in me sees the shadow in you right. kind of thing. Where it's, it's the seeing through. It's yeah. the, there's clearly something else going on here. And I don't know who's asked you or not asked you about right. it, but I want to know what that is. Because it's I think, intriguing. I think something that's um, a parallel between you and I is that we both are truth seekers. Yeah. Because it, your, your, your intention behind asking uncomfortable questions isn't to make them uncomfortable. It's to bring out the truth. Yeah. it's There's something, there's a part of you that maybe most people don't get to see. Yeah. And that's the part of you that I want to know. Right. So much. Because it's like, you can put up, no matter how much you try and pull down all the masks or yeah. all the walls or like not have any facades up, there's just things that you don't share normally like everyone right. doesn't share normally and i want to know that part of them and i, I think, think that ultimately stems from you having to ask yourself those questions yeah like, i don't think i ever ask a question that i haven't tried to answer internally right do you feel so, the same so for example um we both grew up in a evangelical church um yep, very christian very christian <laughs> and we have since broadened our horizons and perspectives on life um yeah. while still maintaining that morality and sense of foundation like, a moral like mm -hmm. yeah like that that moral compass um and sort of a, a belief and trust in a higher power and sort of taking away the labels of that but um growing up in an evangelical church i think you can often ask that question of why and you're constantly seeking the truth um, and we start to experience times where, you know, our gut feeling is telling us something different than what someone else is telling us. And we start to contrast and compare how we feel internally versus what's being input by other people's opinions. Mm -hmm. So we start to develop this, um, this sort of filter of analyzing what is truth? How can I find it? And I'm going to seek it out in every way possible. So our brain is literally programmed to look for truth. And when you start to apply that to every aspect of your life, that can directly affect the relationships that you have with people around you. You'd be like, hey, you're not doing good today. What is going on with you? Because you're looking for the truth of the matter. Yeah, when you have those conversations with people, do you ever, um, have you, you lost relationships by seeking truth? Or seeking authenticity from someone? Um, not directly. I think sometimes um, people can not be comfortable towards having like those types of conversations. So the conversation just gets directed in another area or um, 
maybe it does create a little disconnect between that person and I. And I think ultimately, if people are seeking connection and if they're both mutually trying to connect with each other, um, it, it shouldn't result in in a disconnect of relationship or a, or a loss of relationship. Um, personally, in my life, I haven't really experienced that where I've like lost people based off of like you know me trying to have authentic. Okay, for example, um, my friend and I heavily disagreed on like. A specific topic and um, I wanted to dive deep into why he thought and believed the way he did and he just didn't want to have that conversation he was very closed off about it and it it, it showed me an area in which I value the relationship over knowing you know or proving whether I was right or wrong or if he was right and I, I, I realized that I needed to back away from like pursuing that because people back to our conversation of people are, are at different levels of healing and self-discovery and stuff like that, that I think sometimes what they needed from me in that moment was not to be seen, but just to maybe have a loving friend that was there to distract them or help them in that, that spot of their life. Um, yeah, I think, I think it works out yeah. in that way. I think that also shows a lot of wisdom to be able to, like, recognize, not that you've crossed a line, but you're getting close to, like, going too far and being yeah. like, as much as I want this out of our relationship, you're not in a place to have that relationship. Right. And I value the relationship enough to not have to have it be yeah. as emotionally intense as I, or emotionally right. intimate as I want it to be. I think that... Um, that's something it's like a fine balance between the two because there's definitely people that i've met who have the like emotional intelligence that you do so they want to have the authentic conversations and deep dive but then they don't know when to turn it off mm, right it's like right. like that's a level in and of itself like i need to turn this off at this point and bring it back to like whatever their their reality is yeah so that's like really beautiful that you can do that do you feel like you do that with your parents? Because I know you're, they're in a different religious oh, plane. Oh, definitely. I've had to learn how to avoid certain topics with them and be like, you know what? I'm going to settle with the fact that we agree to disagree and I still love you. Um, and it's better for our relationship if we don't emphasize our disagreements, but emphasize the areas that we do agree and connect and resonate with each other. Um, what about with your siblings? Are they on the same path that you're on? Or are they closer to your parents' path? Like, <laughs> I love how this opens up a whole other <laughs> conversation towards my siblings because um, that goes back to... I'm like, I'm trying to like gauge how deep I want to go with this. You choose, yeah. <laughs> no, I have... So I, so I told you I'm religious or yeah. I grew up that way. And then I have my parents and then I have my siblings right. and everyone in my family but me is still LDS and the relationship that I have with every member of my family is different based off of their willingness to hear me and respect me because like I am willing to hear them and their religious conversations or their views on life and respect them fully and not argue, but like each person has a different level with me that they will listen back. Right. And so that's as far as the conversation goes is yeah. if you can't listen back to me, then like that's where 
I'll stop discussing because it's not worth the argument. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, since we have a similar background, what it's like with you and your siblings. Yeah, um, I've recently become more close with my brother, so him and I are able to have a lot of conversations where um, we are sharing very similar worldviews and um, discoveries about faith and life and such. Um, I actually haven't talked to my sister in like four years. At so, all? At all. Haven't seen Why her. Why is that? Her choice, your choice? Because I left the church. Okay, and she won't speak no. with you? Yeah, so they, I, I got excommunicated from the church that I was raised in and um, man, this goes into a whole nother topic, but I'm, I'm fine with it. So, um, the church is very similar to Mormonism. They go through this process of excommunication when a specific member, um, or any member decides to no longer attend the church regularly. So then that's how easily it is to yeah. be excommunicated. Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a very exclusive Ooh church a very even if you go to another church in town that's like similar christianity they will remove you from the assembly and the process of that is so intense that it's very damaging it's very um damning like that's very condemning mm -hmm. and uh basically they don't allow any of the members that are going to that church um to continue like connecting and talking to the people that are outside of it so that includes like family. It's just a straight cut off. Like it's there's, so there's how, no grace. How are your parents able to communicate with you? Because they're still of that. Well, religion. I'm fortunate enough that my dad um, never went to the church, so okay. I was still able to be at home. Um, that maintained a little bit of a balance. Okay. Um, but my sister was married, so she still went to the church outside of my parents, um, you know, household and all of that. So. They made the decision to not let me, I guess. And they don't go to your parents' house? like. No. What's, like, holidays like without mm. your sister? That's got to be so... What My whole family hasn't seen them in, like, four or five years. Because since, yeah. you're living at home? Or because they yeah, chose be, to leave? Because my dad doesn't go to church as well, so they don't want to be around my dad. That is so yeah. difficult. Yeah. I've how, <laughs> how do you manage that relationship? Like, how do you manage that with yourself? My God. Uh, it, was a, it was a lot because, um, I mean, it's a sibling. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I, she basically had to die in my mind. Like, like, I've had to accept the fact that I will never see her again in my entire life. Does like, she have kids? Yeah. And you've never met her kids then? Since, um, since you left or like you haven't seen her kids no I mean I've, I've seen one of them when at a certain age um, but the other two now and then does your mom get to see them oh it's, it's because it's your a, mom's it's in the whole, religion um, right like yeah. so then I'm assuming your mom can still see yeah all the Sorry little, for, I'm just yeah, so fascinated yeah. I can't imagine there's so many nuances to this story and so many um, different uh, just challenges that we've had to navigate i think um the root of it all uh stemmed down to me having to make a choice at some point being like you know what i don't agree with everything that's being preached i don't um necessarily align with this and like the the things that i want to do with my life are so far outside of this limited way of thinking um that i i made that choice even as hard as it was to be like you know what i realize that the, the system that I was born into 
I understand how it works and I'm willing to sacrifice those people and that life and start a completely new one and move from there. Did you lose a lot of friends as well? Because yeah. religion usually has like a big community around it yeah. and I'm assuming all of your friends were religious friends yeah. growing up. So this, this ties back into um, the depression and anxiety. So that, yeah. that catapulted me into um, a really, really, really depressive season. So I was for about two years just trying How to get back on my feet. Made this um, decision. Nineteen. Okay. Yeah, I was like nineteen. Wow. Um. And I was there. Was so many new things. Like I had. There, I, I was so sheltered from life that, I, it's like I started a brand new life. Yeah, like literally, yeah. you just had to rebirth yourself yeah. into society. society. Yeah. I did. Uh, previously, I had no friends that didn't go to the church, so I had to make completely new friends, and that. Um, in and of itself taught me a lot of lessons because I was too trusting of a lot of people and I got my trust betrayed a lot of times. And I had in to, making new friends? In making new friends. Mm. Um, I didn't know how to like, I just didn't have any life experience in that sense that I went through a lot of things really quickly. Um, I was pursuing music at one point. Um, I had a callback audition to American Idol in Phoenix and wow. this was like a year or two after leaving the church and the day before my audition I got in a really bad car accident I like hit someone going 45 miles an hour and um, I was it was just like the cherry on top for like my depression yeah and, that's destruction and um, I had lost like six friends in like a whole week because of a misunderstanding and they weren't willing to like resolve any of it. And then so um, I went to like physical therapy for the car accident um, for like six months. And I just remember like showing up to my physical therapy, like literally crying and in tears. And they would have to be like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm just not doing good. I'm like so lost. I had like the entire carpet of my foundation of my faith ripped out from underneath me. I had like lost friends. I was in a car accident. I did not know what I was doing with my life at all. And I was struggling a lot with, like, identity and, like, where to place that and, like, what did it mean? Like, what do I believe? Who am I? What do I want out of life? And I just was, like, questioning so much about, like, everything. And I felt so overwhelmed. Um, but I just, like, kept going. I just kept going. And I started the healing process. I started forgiving. I started moving on. I feel very sorry for, like, the people that go to that church. I feel very sorry for their limited ways of loving and understanding people. Um, I had to like learn how to forgive the people that hurt me the most. Um, on top of that, I was dealing a lot with childhood trauma, with abuse, with like being in poverty. We've always been like in the poverty bracket, food stamps, government assistance, all kinds of stuff. We've like almost been through foreclosure. My mom is like one of the hard, most like hard, hardest working mothers and like the best mother I could ever have. Wow. Um, and she's just like been through a lot with me, but she's always like loved me no matter what through all of that. Um, and so that got me started on my healing journey and discovery of myself and life and um, consciousness, expanding my awareness towards things, expanding my knowledge towards different topics. Um, I just love to learn. I also dove really deep into my music, writing, developing my skills, playing piano. Um, and that's sort of what got me through a lot of it. And in the midst of all that, I still kept my faith. I still, I tried a lot of different churches in town. 
um, seeing if any of them were different than the ones I grew up in, and I think I I don't know. I just took it one one day at a time. It was really hard. It was a long process, but I think I've gotten to the point within, especially this last year, that I've experienced so much freedom, so much freedom from depression, freedom from anxiety, freedom from my trauma, from my experience. I've been able to really, really express myself and feel free within myself that I'm not bound by my fears, I'm not bound by my um, anxiety, my trauma, my way of thinking. I actually have been so much more in touch with God recently, but non through, not through the perspective of religion or the way I used to view it, but a very one-on-one connection. And it's been beautiful. It's been really great to like be able to experience this type of freedom from all of those things. Yeah. Wow. That's like crazy. Thank you for sharing. Cause that's like very emotionally like deep and like the kava helps. Kava is great. It really does. Also healing. I've been able to talk about like pretty much anything regarding my trauma. There was a point where I couldn't even think about it or talk about it without balling up and crying. But, like, now I've been able to, I can talk about pretty much anything that I've been through. You've been through so much and still, like, so young. And now it, like, all the pieces kind of fit together in my brain of, like, how you are the, like, emotionally intelligent person you are. Because, like, yesterday when you came up and you were like, hey, let's, like, just start chatting, right? Like, you're the one that initiated it. Um, I was, like... And then we were talking, and you asked, like, how old do you think I am? And I was like, I don't know, 20 to, like, 23. I was only guessing that based off of, like, your looks, because you look, like, I was like, there's no way he's older than, like, 23. There's no way. But your emotional attitude and, like, temperament is, is, like, at least 30, you know? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like I, I have friends that are barely reaching the emotional maturity that you have with, like, the... Like, they've gone through maybe similar things or similar traumas, or I've met other people that have been through rough times. Is the wind? Just, like, other people have been through similar traumas, not even close to having their whole community ripped out from underneath them. And the way they handle it is good, but not amazing, not great, and they takes them years to come out from it. And it, it's only been, like, three years since... 2019 maybe or what you said you were 19 not from 2019 right. you said you were 19 so it it's been like four yeah four, four, or, five yeah, years, four or five years and you're on the end of it with such clarity that's crazy I just I still can't get over that you haven't talked to your sister because I'm not super close with my siblings but I have purposely kept little things for my family like if I have tattoos or other things like that because I'm afraid of losing my siblings like there's still parts of me that I am inauthentic about with my siblings because of fear of losing them right and you were like you knew because you grew up in it cut and dry I can either be authentic or I can choose my siblings I can either like choose myself and choose my happiness and choose truth and knowledge and like what is authentically me or I can choose my family and you're like I'm gonna choose me it just when I when I thought about how my life was gonna play out I was like I just can't see myself staying here the rest of my life the way it's expected to yeah um that I just had to make that choice as hard as it was I remember vividly walking down the church so this church was extreme 
the boys and girls were segregated mm-hmm. and the girls dress um, uh, very modestly no no cutting the hair um, dresses down to the ankles but I remember you know seeing a lot of my friends like the last two weeks when I was making the decision I was like you know what I am gonna dis- I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna start my life um, walking like down to the front of the church to do you know your prayer before you before you sit down and walking back and walking out of the church looking at a lot of my friends a lot of my family it's related to about half the church and there's probably about like 500 people there um, that I looked at them for like the last two weeks before I decided to go and I'm like you know what I potentially might never see you ever again and I saw my sister and I looked at her and I just started crying because I was like, I'm probably never going to see you again. And I didn't. Wow. You really did not like, have to kill your sister in your mind, yeah. which is, that's crazy. I can't even imagine. But I think it's beautiful that you were willing to make that Does decision. Does that say 43 minutes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Do you no think way. it's been longer or shorter? Shorter. No, that's been quite a while. <laughs> Does it feel long you to feeling? you? It feels about normal. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like 45 minutes of time. It, wow. Yesterday we talked for four hours. Yeah. And that felt like an hour and a half. <laughs> Even though the sun was setting really, really slowly. But, yeah. Feels oh. like we've been talking for 20 minutes. <laughs> I think a lot of it is as cliche as it is. I think a lot of it is God. Like, just having... But you didn't feel abandoned by God at that time. Like, you weren't, like, was, this religion I was, that I grew up in, like, my God of that religion has abandoned me. You didn't go through that? I I definitely had to separate um, God because they're so, they're so finely meshed together where you have to deconstruct your faith to where, like... How can I see the truth in this? How can I see the good in this without having it be meshed with all the people's interpretations and opinions and doctrine and mistranslation? Um, There was definitely a lot of periods of time I just didn't know what to believe or what to do. And I probably was agnostic at one point. And um, I was just like, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to believe, but um, I, I was probably very confused and frustrated and angry at God for a little bit, but I was like, you know, I don't really have the right to be angry at God if I'm really just angry at people and how I was raised and how I was treated. I need to learn how to separate the two because anytime someone gets born into a specific religion, you know, they believe that's the truth and that's the correct one. and that mother tells that child this is the correct religion whether it's buddhism mormonism uh muslim like what whatever it is you have to at some point if you're going to seek the truth you have to branch out and question other things as well because anyone that like is a true truth seeker has to at some point question everything i think I would agree. Yeah. I'm I'm constantly surprised by people in all religions, but especially the LDS religion, that they don't do the truth-seeking. But I think, like, of other religions, it's like all religions have truth to them, but, like, ours is the most true is, like, the common <laughs> saying. And it's like, but how do you know that yours is the yeah. most true if you haven't 
read into Buddhism yeah. or read into any of these other religions. You I know? think I've just always asked the question why. Like the question why is probably the question I ask the most in life. Like out of who, what, when, where, it's always yeah, why. Just, <laughs> right, out of all of those. I mean, there's a billion other cheeky. questions. I mean, that was very cheeky. Of me, but yeah, yeah, I know what you're trying to say. I mean, honestly, probably facts. Um, no, I, I think that's, that's interesting because like it clearly shows... I think, um, have you heard the phrase, I don't know who it comes from, but there's like a philosopher um, who says people who, there's like, there's people who talk about people and there's people who talk about things and then there's people who talk about ideas and like each one is a different level of intellect. I thought about that yesterday when we were talking. I don't even know who says <laughs> the quote and I, I butchered the quote, but then when you think about like who what when where why yeah. who is questions about people like who yeah. did this who did that i'm never asking like who done right. it what is things about like oh, about politics I see your right connection here I yeah see your connection. so like questions of like what is that why like what is what is that yeah. doing there what is that you know i can't even think of a what question but like why is the tree the way it is why does the tree have green leaves why yeah. is the sky blue it's yeah. always questions about ideas that yeah. i have like um, so it's interesting because that was the, the cheekiness of who, what, when, where, I why. Did, it's obviously why because yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't talk about people and you're not talking about things. You're talking about ideas. Even in this conversation, you're like, every time I've asked you a personal question, you're directing it back to like a idea based. You're trying, you've maybe not trying, but you're very good about not, um, like gossiping about people you know it's like this is the experience <laughs> but this is me my experience and my ideas and my philosophy based off of that experience it's not like that's interesting that getting thing. that reflection of me because i don't get to be told like how i come across to people or there's not people that know how to um i don't come across a lot of people that know how to um articulate like what they're seeing of me so, like, having that reflection of myself of being like, oh, you know how to, like, stick to ideas versus talking about people or, you know, pity party or something like that. Like, you're, you're more directing it towards what can we learn from this type thing. Yeah, and every, every experience that you've shared has been, um, like, there's the experience, and the, but then there's the idea and the philosophy behind it. Yeah. Um, this kind of goes back to our conversation <laughs> yesterday about human emotion is that everyone has their experience. But then mm -hmm. there's human emotion that we all feel emotions like humans are. I mean, unless you're a psychopath. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> are you uh, a psychopath? No. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'm a sociopath and I learned how to m mimic. No, there's emotions. no way. <laughs> there's no way. I can tell you that. I treated sociopaths. They're nothing like one. <laughs> so even though the context is different, the human emotion is the same. So I think when we can talk about the idea of human emotions and struggle and strife and all of that and how you can handle that despite the context of the experience or the situation, then we're getting somewhere. Then we can make some ground. Yeah. Then we can really help each other. It's because we're not going to all go through the same thing. That's impossible. No, but like if you can relate it back to like the emotion you're feeling, I, I tend to relate back to stories because I think like anytime there's a similar story people then can realize like oh I probably was and because I had a similar story we probably felt similar emotions right. like um the community being ripped out from underneath yeah. you with the religion I kind of know how that feels with the community being ripped, ripped out from me right. 
And then there was this coworker I had who was telling me about her story where she had community ripped out from underneath you. And that loneliness, it's different from like, oh, my, my mom died of cancer or, oh, I lost both of my grandparents in a fire. You know, like that's a different type of loneliness or heartbreak is a different type of loneliness. But communal sense of belonging, shred it, is a very different like emotional loneliness that uh, once you get to the emotion of it, then we can have like an actual conversation of like, how did you get over that? Like, how did you get through just total destruction of a social, con- like your social connection, right? Because we were talking yesterday, it takes a village to raise a child. I believe that it takes a, a community to raise the community. So like to have the community shredded, gone, destroyed, demolished, it's like, how did you continue raising yourself? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that's the question. It's yeah. like, you chose to continue raising yourself with yeah. no social structure to support you. And you had to go figure out and find your own. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's, um, that's why I love connecting with people. Is I love being able to see how I can help them. I don't know, maybe this, this is the, the fixer in me. And the problem that I had, this is about how um, the conversation we were having about my friend where I was, I was like, you know, there's times where I really want to get to the root of the problem. I really want to see the truth in it. And I want to help this person and like fix them <laughs> because like I've, I've like learned how to help myself, I guess. But if they don't want to receive that, then I have to be patient and just let them experience, you know, life the way uh, they're meant to experience it and learn the things that they want to. But um, I love connecting with people because... I don't know, I like, I like people, I like helping people, I like, I don't know, I, I, I like shared experiences, I think that's what I told you yesterday, yesterday yeah. was beautiful, <laughs> we can describe it, okay, I'm going to take the moment to describe Please it. Please go for it, you're so good, go for yesterday, it. yesterday, <laughs> or was it yesterday, no, it was two days ago. Was it really? I could, no, it yeah. Feel, no, today's Tuesday. Because it took a day to get back with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was Sunday, we watched the yeah, sunset on Sunday. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's true, um, okay. <laughs> There was I'm like just horrible the, at texting. If you can't tell, oh. I had no clue at all. Yeah, I'm horrible at getting back to people. So, um, so I love going to this spot. It's a beautiful Campbell lookout where you can watch the sunset up on a hill. It's a little bit raised above the city, and there's a parking lot where a bunch of different people can come and do many things <laughs> as we saw yeah. people doing lots of it's a place to enjoy yourself basically in whatever facet you yeah. decide smoking weed sitting in a car painting rocking <laughs> in the car yeah 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 a lot of things but <laughs> she was painting next to me and I, I had pulled up and i i was like so early to the sunset because i was just like i don't want to drive home and then drive all the way back out i'm just here um because i had run an errand before and I was like I did art I took like four years of college no two years of college level art classes um and I love art my dad is an artist and I was like that is so cool that she's like sitting there drawing and painting and watching the sunset like she is by herself I'm by myself like people come here and like they I don't know I just thought it was just a beautiful moment um and I struck this conversation with her and I was like, you're an, are you an artist? And like, you know, we went back and forth and 
we just started talking about meditation and how it's very good to stay grounded and present and how we both um, love our, our quiet time or our, our time to connect with nature and just be present and stuff like that. And it just catapulted us into really cool topics and conversations. She probably didn't want to talk. She actually didn't want to talk to me <laughs> in the beginning. She thought I was hitting on her. Um, I mean, you are a guy within the age range that would usually hit on yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> And I just, it's my natural instinct, like my ego, like, oh, this guy, he, he's, yeah, do we want to label it instincts or ego? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I'm going to label it as ego because <laughs> both. It's, it's instincts and ego, but like, yeah. yeah, definitely there's some ego there where I was like, yeah, of course, I'm so cute. Like <laughs> you would have to only be wanting to talk to me for this reason. But no, that was really beautiful the way we, the way we met and, uh. And, like, the conversation that we had, like, four hours long of conversation. Yeah. But most of it was you grilling me. And so, like, I love that I kind of have gotten to grill you for a little bit. Um, but I'm getting cold. So we should probably wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> Let me, I, I, I want to describe this one, this, this one <laughs> moment, was, which was my favorite yesterday. We sat down. We ended up getting tired of standing, or I got tired of standing. Yeah. We sat down. She showed me, I don't know, for whatever reason, you showed me your favorite song, and I love it now. You said something to me. You, we were talking about human emotion, and we were talking about how we feel like we have to be stable. And, yeah. like, stability is not actually a- attainable, and there's just this beautiful song that, like, tells me, reminds me, I don't need to be stable. Yeah. So we were sitting there on the curb watching the sunset, and the city lights, it's getting dark out, and... It, it just reminded me of, like, this very, like, cinematic movie moment where, like, the story's ending and, like, this song just goes perfectly with it. And it's just these two young kids, a boy and a girl, just, like, sitting there, just, like, enjoying life, talking about life. And, like, it was just a moment. It and was. I love it. It was, I would definitely agree with that, like, cinematic feeling. Do I have that, those moments where, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, am I... Am I even living in real life? Yeah. <laughs> like, and that was one yesterday where I didn't necessarily want the conversation, but after I like was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like enjoy this and accept what's what's happening, and I'm yeah. sure this person will be like an interesting conversation to have. I felt so fulfilled afterwards, um, like just mm. going home. I was like, that was so heartwarming mm-hmm. and heart filling, and that I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Whenever I get to share that song with somebody, it's always a it's a rarity that I shared the song. So. I'm, I'm honored and thankful. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining the podcast. And it's been I a appreciate blast. it. <laughs> Love it. Okay.